What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Finding Your Strength Radio. I am your host, Andrew Romeo. I'm really excited for today, guys. I got the opportunity to um, interview Dr. Roger from Move Athletics. Roger and I have known each other for a long time now, for probably a decade or so. Um, And this is the first time that I really got to hear Roger's story and what got him into the world of physical therapy, Um, all of the really cool opportunities that he embarked on to really separate himself from a lot of other people in his field and have a unique perspective on how to treat his patients. Uh, I I found it really interesting. Um, And I've I've been up to Roger's place before, and he's helped me out with a neck and shoulder thing, and it, it was a great experience. So I'm excited for you guys to listen to today's episode and really get to learn more about him, more about Move Athletics, and support what he does as a local business. Before we get into today's episode, though, what I want to talk to you about really quick is our sponsor for today's episode, Power Athlete. The two programs that we're going to talk about is Grindstone and Jack Street. So Grindstone is a really unique program. Grindstone is for the working professional where you can have two priority days that you got to get done sometime in the week. And then some other non-priority days or flex days that you can get done whenever you have the opportunity to. So if you're a working professional and you're looking for a more flexible workout schedule, Grindstone might be the perfect fit for you. I am associated with Power Athlete as one of their Block One coaches. So if you have some questions in terms of how to go about using Grindstone, feel free to ask me. And also, Jack Street, their program that's a bodybuilding program. Um, So if you want to throw on some muscle, slabs of meat, um, that's a great program for you as well, and I'm happy to help you with that. So there are two programs, Grindstone and Jack Street. Awesome, guys. Strap in for today's episode. I think you're really going to enjoy it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Finding Your Strength Radio. I'm your host, Andrew Romeo. Guys, I'm super excited today. I got Dr. Roger to come down and talk to us all about PT stuff, Um, some really, really cool information that we're going to go through today about what makes him different. Doc Raj, thanks for coming on, man. What's up? Dude, thanks for having me. I'm just excited to freaking be here. I love I love talking all things uh, health and wellness, so it's it's great to get with like-minded individuals and chat. Absolutely, man. Rock on. Guys, Roger and I have known each other for probably a decade or so. We've crossed paths from various gyms, from various, I would say, fitness competitions, uh, just various circles. Um, And we've aligned where you started your own physical therapy practice, a private practice. It seems like you're kicking ass. I was up there a couple weeks ago. Um, He helped me out a bunch with some neck stuff. I got to get on a podcast, see how everything worked. We talk a lot about business. Um, And now I have the opportunity to bring Roger down here. Dude, yeah, I uh, I love talking about business, but um, yeah, well, when did we first start? Like, I I used to test the workouts when it was just you and Iron Will. Oh, did you? you guys used to get That's together. That's so funny. That's so, so funny. Because I was still in the Marine Corps and I used to test those workouts for heat. So it's been a long time, man. That's been awesome. A long time. It has been a long time. I mean, I I miss having Iron Will as a neighbor. It's so funny. Back then, there was so much more of a scarcity mindset. We were like, there's only so many members that want to do CrossFit, <laughs> and they have this many, and I have this. Whereas now, you look at it and that abundance mindset of. There are so many people that can get fitter and healthier, and all we're trying to do is help them all. Yeah, it's like work as a team. You know what I mean? Yeah, not everybody's one hundred percent. Not everybody's going to be a great fit for for your gym or for somebody else's mm-hmm. gym, and, and I, 
uh, either on your end or their end. Yeah, one hundred percent, man. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's the. Uh, I, I have a buddy. He owns uh, Rob. Rob, if you're listening to this, hey. Uh, he owns Resolute Fit down in Simsbury, and he he's just opening up a new facility. They bought the building. They did this big build on. I contacted him the other day, and I was like, "Yo, you mind if I run down and uh, take a field trip? I'm just like, really excited for you." And he's like, "Yeah, that that's awesome. Oh yeah, you know." But that's that's what it's all about. It's similar to what I see you doing. You're you're reaching out to a bunch of different gyms. You're hopping in. You're meeting people. You're making those connections. Honestly. Local entrepreneurs need to be doing more of that because we're, we're all small businesses just trying to find our own way and find our path. And it's super helpful to have oh, connections. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, that's what it's all about. Plus, man, like, the more people you know, the more people you can help. Right. Yeah. Either like, and like I was saying, like, if it's, hey, you're in Simsbury, I'm in Enfield. It's like, you're at my gym, but like you're, this isn't the best place for you. Like, yeah, it's going to be way more convenient. You I live got a 40 guy. minutes away. Yeah, like I got a guy that you would fit uh, really well with. Yeah, and I, I love it. Actually, my um, my new PT, Miguel, he lives down in Simsbury. He? he drives all the way from Simsbury to come up to West Springfield and work with us. That I think that speaks to what you guys do and how unique of a physical therapy place you are where someone's willing. Because that's probably a 40-minute drive every day. Every day, yeah. I mean, each way. So he's driving an hour and a half total commute time. To come work at a place where, I mean, every town around here has a physical therapy office, right? Yeah. But they don't have a physical therapy office that operates the way that you guys operate, I'm assuming. Yeah, no, uh, I think that's correct. I would go out on a limb and I would say there's really, there's nobody that operates the way that, that we do uh, anywhere near us. Cool. Um, I, I mean, at all, right? There's, there may be around the country or a few people that are that are similar and, and you know, we get together with them in our business meetings that, yeah. that I go to, like the mastermind events, but nobody's quite uh, quite the same. Even the people that have businesses whose model are fairly similar, they're not really the same, right? Because there's not that many people have gone out of their way to do a residency and then like not one but two different fellowship programs as yeah. well. Yeah, and uh, your unique path is what's going to make you a unique practitioner yeah and really be able to provide different services that other people can't provide but before we dive into like the physical therapy side of what makes you guys really really unique roger tell me about yourself man you said you mentioned so i i believe you're from this area are you from around here oh yeah so i've got a uh i've got quite the the personal story so i'm I don't know. We'll just go into it, man. <laughs> yeah, dive in. Go ahead. If it gets ahead. too deep, if it gets too deep, just cut me off. <laughs> so I, uh, I was born in Springfield. Okay. Right. Uh, I had a, we'll say, tumultuous childhood. Okay. So I was, uh, you know, in foster care at a very young age, like three or four, and then I went through like Bayside and Brightside and Providence and all that stuff, and then when I got out of there, like I, my dad got custody, moved down to Florida. Okay. At like the age of five, so I didn't really grow up so much in the area. Gotcha. Um, then I was down in Florida and Georgia and moving around like every six months or so until, uh, like, well, I moved back up to Massachusetts for a year somewhere in there and then back down to Florida. And then like somehow my mom like found us and moved in and got us to move back up here. And then I went back into foster care when I was 12 and okay. was kicked out of my house at 14. Wow. So and, you've had a big, a, a, oh, as yeah. you said, your childhood, you were everywhere. Everywhere. So I got into a, a I got some really bad Really bad things, right? Okay. Some really bad groups of uh, of people doing some uh, very illegal things and sure. like into drugs and alcohol, like from a very young age. Okay. Um, and then uh, one day I was uh, I was I was really high when I was sixteen, and I was like, "What are you doing with your life?" I was like, it was like an ecstasy induced moment of clarity. Sure, sure. <laughs> I was like, "What are you What are you doing with your life?" 
Like, look at the people you're surrounding yourself with. Like, you need to make a change. So okay. Then, um, so I was in Massachusetts from 12 to 17, right? So okay. I, I, like, like 12, I was living in Palmer, and then I kind of moved back down with my parents when I got to foster care again, or with my mom, um, from, yeah, when I was 12 or 13, and then I was living there for a short period of time, and then I was kind of like just a nomad for a couple of years, staying wherever, like... Gotcha. I could. Yep. And any couch, bed, whatever's yeah. available. <laughs> yeah. I had, a, I had a friend. Uh, well, we, we'll use that term loosely. He's since passed away because he had a heroin overdose. Oh, I'm but sorry. That's, well, that's, well, that's his choices along the way. You know, sure. it still sucks for, for um, anybody. It sucks. It's yeah, not a good situation, course. right? Of course. Um, but like his mom kicked him out and then rented me, rented me his room. I used to work the term rented lightly. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Like she let me live at her house Very for nice. next to nothing. Yeah. That's, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Until, so, sometimes you need that. Yeah. Um, so, so, so yeah. So kind of in the area for, you know, my early teenage years, but then when I was 16, um, I just showed up at my mom's house one day, and I was like, I'm joining the Marine Corps. I need to sign the papers. And I was a high school yeah. dropout. I at 16. Out. Yeah. Good for – I mean, dude, that takes some uh, a, a very unique person to have the introspection to look around your life at 16 years old and being like, I need to make a change. Yeah. And you took, like, the hardest change you could take with joining <laughs> the Marine Corps. Well, it, that, was, that was intentional because um, I was a knucklehead, man. Okay. I was like, I need – uh, some hard ass to straighten me out. Like sure. I just need a big change. And, and I thought about it too. And I was like, yeah, the army. Okay. Like maybe the air force, definitely not like the Navy. And I was like, dude, I, I probably just need to, you know, you see like the commercials for the Marines, sure. like the hard ass and boot camp. I'm yep. like, I need something like that. Like I needed the structure and kids cave crave structure. Right? Gotcha. Like, so you're like, these people will give me what I need, the yeah. structure, the discipline. Yeah. This is where I want to go. Yeah, and that's really – that's actually – I probably didn't realize that until just now. Okay. Right? That that's really what I was looking for is, like, that structure and, like, the um, – just the vision that like, like people have of, like, Marines, like, going through and being taught this structure and the discipline and, like, the work ethic. And yeah. I was like, I want to be made into what I think those people are. Cool. Right? So then I just uh, – yeah, I showed up at my mom's house, and she was, like, all in it. She was like, hell, yeah. I couldn't go to boot camp until I was 17, okay. though. Uh, because I didn't have a diploma, I was a high gotcha. school dropout. So you have to get your what was it called your uh, the the equivalency. So it wasn't a it wasn't a GED. GED, that's the, yeah. the, the so, acronym I was looking for. So I was uh, I did take the math portion of the GED. Okay. To get a credit, but uh, somehow the recruiter hooked it up where I wrote a couple of uh, a couple of essays. Okay. Uh, and I did the math portion of the GED, and they got me high school credits, and then I got me a diploma from the on with learning program for adults cool. to go back and get like a legit high school diploma wow so i mean just joining the marines got you your high school diploma and the guy was like and i got another sign up another recruit <laughs> here we go sign them up ship yeah. them off yeah so and and it was uh it was a lot easier i think then too because it was you know what was that 2000 uh 2006 2007 2006 okay. so we're right at like the, the we're st- we're still probably getting out of Iraq. We're we're involved with Iraq, starting to get ready for Afghanistan type deal. They're yeah. looking for recruits. Where do you where are you coming from? We need you. Yeah. Yes. So please the, join the Marines. Like, we're gonna make it happen for gotcha. you. So gotcha. like today, if I tried that, I probably wouldn't get in. So it's sure. just like the, <laughs> Did they, the stars I mean, aligned. For absolutely. Me. I mean, from what from what I understand, I'm not in the military. The requirements of today have definitely significantly cranked up. Because more people are interested in joining the service, yeah, and, some type of service, and the the need for bodies really is, yes. is lower. <laughs> yep, yeah, absolutely. We're not, we're not getting lost right now. 
So you went to boot camp at 17, and then from there, I'm assuming being a Marine, you were deployed somewhere. Yeah, so 2008, 2009, I was in Ramadi, Iraq, and okay. then in 2010, I was in the initial invasion uh, for Marja, Afghanistan, in Helmand Province, which was like the biggest uh, Marine Corps offensive in 2010 since like 2004, since Fallujah, wow. yeah, 2004, yeah. Wow. So that's uh, those are big, big things, that's, Roger. That's, that's huge. That's how I ended up with kids. It's kind of morbid. Okay. I was I did the typical get married at 18 thing in the military. Like, terrible sure. Because they're gonna pay you more, and if if I get married, I get paid more money, and then and, I'm gonna go away anyways. Yeah. So fuck it. Yeah. Well, and like I was living in the barracks. I was with division with the infantry the whole time, so I never okay. even saw a female. I couldn't even like go out because I was a kid. Sure. Right? Yeah. You're so 17, like, 18 years old. Yeah. They're like, where are you gonna go? Yeah. I'm like, all right. <laughs> and I get to live out in town, so I didn't have to like live in the barracks and do all that bullshit. Um, but yeah, so then like my wife at the time was like, let's have a kid. Let's have a kid. And I was like, I don't want to have a kid. I am a kid. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, right. I'm literally 18 years old. What do you want me to do? When I switched over from second battalion, ninth Marines over to second combat engineer battalion, um, I just called over to ask about their deployment schedule and they were like, Hey, uh, yeah, just get your shit in order. I mean like will and power of attorney. Sure. Uh, because we're going to be in a, a massive offensive. We're expecting very heavy casualties and you're probably going to die. So I was like, Jeez. Oh, uh-huh. well, might as well give you something to remember me by. Wow. Now, it's like kind of sweet, kind of really morbid. Sure. Thought but process. What a, uh, what a heavy phone call or conversation that is of being like, get your affairs in order because oh, yeah. there's a very good chance you're not coming home. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's heavy as an adult. Never mind as an eighteen-year-old. Yeah, I think it was. Um, I think it's heavier for me as an adult. Like I look at the things that I did and the situations that I was in and the decisions. Because I was like a, I mean, at the age of eighteen, I became a, a non-commissioned officer, an E4 wow. corporal. Yeah, so like I was in charge of other people. Uh, and at the time, I didn't understand why these grown ass men were like all salty towards me, sure. telling them what to do. But now, as- sure, you're like, why don't these guys want to listen to me? I mean, like, because you're 18. Yeah, I'm like, it's not my fault that you waited till you were 30 to join the Marine Corps. Absolutely, like, like, some of these guys got kids as old as you, and they're yeah, like, this kid's telling dude. me what to do again. Fuck this kid. Now I get it. Now I get it. But that's like that's what all of uh, this whole sleeve of tattoos is for. Like my friends that that never ended up um, making it home. Yeah. You know? So that's so, heavy stuff, man. That's really heavy yes. stuff. So. How long did your Marine, um, I want to say engagement, but your commitment to the Marines, how long did that last? Oh, yeah. So I was, I was in it just for the, just for the four. Cool. Um, you know, I, I had another kid when I got back from Afghanistan, and, and uh, I had just seen too many people that, um, well, they just were never there for anything. Sure. You know what I mean? No birthdays, no Christmases. It's like they're on their third wife, fourth wife. Oh, it's like te- it's terrible stuff. So, and it was like really starting to get a lot more political. I was like, you know what? This isn't what I want to do. And gotcha. somewhere, I actually found CrossFit uh, somewhere when I was um, in, in Iraq. I don't really remember finding it. I, there okay. was this guy, a boxing coach, actually from Connecticut. I found really? some books. Yep. Uh, that he had written, uh, they were like spy rebound books that sure. you could buy. Yep. That was my original intro to like high intensity, like functional fitness training. So he had like a 50 day guide in the back of his book, and I was just going through that like that's all three awesome. or four times yeah, in a row. Right? Sure, of course. And then somewhere around the, along the lines in Iraq, I, I stumbled upon CrossFit, and I did like the typical thing of like. Oh, this isn't enough. Like, I need to do this and something sure. else and this yep. and this, right? Instead of just sticking to one program. And then uh, somewhere along the lines, I actually got uh, to be the well, – I got really competitive with fitness, sure. right? Because I never was, like, a really good – like, before I joined the Marine Corps, I was like, I got to get ready for boot camp. I would put on an all-gray sweatsuit. I would do some crunches and, like, bicep curls in my room. I would run a mile or be like Rocky. Mile. What I'm envisioning yeah. right now Shoot. is, like, the ro- Rocky uh, montage of him training with his gray sweats on, like, yeah. running, sweating his ass off. Like Except that kind for of thing. I'm, like, a fat 
POS. I like, <laughs> I ran a mile. Like, oh, this is so good. I got to run three in boot camp. But like, yeah, boot camp's gonna be rough. But that's that's like that's like it. I mean, I was on the wrestling team in high school oh, for cool. a little bit, but uh, I'm a dropout. So sure, I was kicked off. So the you team didn't have enough time to really <laughs> develop that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so that's like that was like before and then when i was in the marine corps my idea of fitness i would go to the gym on base right and i would find the biggest dude there and i would just follow whatever he did that day <laughs> i would be like one that dude station behind him and i would just do like whatever i saw him doing one station like <laughs> sure sure i mean i'm assuming peel off some plates off of whatever it was <laughs> yeah. being like all right he used four plates i'll use one perfect yeah. let's go like all right like and i would literally sit there and be like how many is he doing like yeah eight, right, you have your notebook. but uh, hey yeah. dude, i mean a lot of people you talk about that age range. I put a, a social media post up the other day that said something along the lines of like that most of the athletes that I see that are injured either one, avoid strength training, or two, don't know what they're doing while they're strength training oh, yeah. and they go and do something similar to what you're talking about where they go into a Globo gym or their high school gym and they're like, I'm going to do what that guy's doing. Yeah. That guy's using all that weight. I think I'm tough as that guy. I'm going to use all of that weight. And yeah. then they, they get hurt, right? Yeah. There's um, no instruction, no yeah. like attention to form. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's a big thing that CrossFit, and I, I, I enrolled in the world of CrossFit in 2008. I opened my affiliate in 2009. Was it started giving people easier access to coaching and mm-hmm. information and a program that, hey, if you just do what I'm telling you to do, it's an hour of your day and it's going to work. And I can actually give you some instruction on how to do the things. Um, And I mean, you look at back then, like when I took my CrossFit certification, certification is a super loose word because (laughs) it was like, we're going to beat the shit out of you for two days. And if you survived it, you pass. Yeah. There's no test. There was no written test. Um, Where I look back on that, and I worked in gyms at that point already. So I've already had some different certifications, but I looked at that and I was like, so you guys are telling me because I survived this weekend. I'm eligible to open a, an affiliate. Like, yes, absolutely. All right, then. That sounds like the path I'm going to take. Done. Sign me up. That sounds like the road I want to go. But, um, again, that was a while ago. That was 2008, so you're talking 13 years ago. Yeah. Um, the, the gym turns 12 next month, as crazy as that is. That's nuts. It is. Time has gone by fast. So you're getting out of the Marines. What time is that? That's that 2010, 2011, 2012? That is uh, technically 2011, but I want to terminal leave two days before Christmas, okay. 2010. So a little just backdrop yep. of like my fitness journey through there. I got very competitive with the physical fitness test, okay. and I wanted to have the best physical fitness test in my platoon. So okay. I focused on that, and I ended up getting 300 PFT, which is a perfect score, wow. the best that you can get. Um, and then I got into being like the – that, well, they called it the fat body platoon, right? Anybody okay. meet their height and weight standards or like, – it's not the official name. The official name is the body composition platoon. So I gotcha. would take all these people that didn't pass their PFT or didn't meet their height and weight standards, and I got to uh, give them some incentivized extra training to help them meet the standards. So pretty much you got to torture people. Yeah. So that's and, – and that was – but then I also had people that wanted the help, right? Sure. And that's where my – my passion for like really helping people in fitness and and things like that started to develop. That's cool. So then like um you and know that's a really unique place to start with that because you're talking about hey these guys want my help. They need my help. I get to act as a coach. Yeah. And I've been put in a position of power where they're going to listen to me. Yeah. Which is great. I mean that's a great introduction to let me start getting my reps in of helping people. And nobody has a choice but to do what I tell them. Exactly, because now we're in, the, we're in the Marines, and you got to do what I say. So yeah. here we go. Yeah, so, so lots of testing there. And then, you know, I got out uh, just before Christmas 2011, uh, and then I started started coaching 
uh, from there, like pretty like immediately, like I got back the next day, I coached my first class like, wow. at, at a real gym, you know? Cool. So then that's kind of what led me down the road to PT is, is being this group fitness coach and seeing these people that have come in and they've lost like an entire person worth of weight. They've sure. changed and lost like all of the, like the metabolic diseases that they've had. And they're off like they're, they're by diabetes medication and they're off of, uh, their heart like medication, yep. their cholesterol and all that stuff. And then they have an achy knee when they squat or their back hurts a little bit or their shoulders sore when they're pressing and they go to the doctor and they're like, just stop doing that. I'm yep. like, what? Yep. No, that's the wrong answer. <laughs> like you, you literally can't go back to, you were slowly committing suicide before. Sure. So then I started getting interested in, you know, a lot of different movement and mobility stuff. Actually that, that interest started before then. I was still in the Marine Corps when I really started doing some self-education about some of that stuff. Okay. Because movement quality was always, like, something that was important to me, like, for a selfish basis because I'm a little guy. Sure. So as a competitive athlete at one point, like, I had to be able to move really well. Sure. Like, you were moving super efficiently to yeah. make sure that you could tap every ounce of strength and leverages that you could get out of your body. Yeah. So that's that's really what started that. But then on a, on a greater scale – uh, it was helping these people. And then I realized, like, hey, I'm helping these people in a way that, like, nobody else is. They're going out to these chiropractors, these doctors, these, like, uh, physical therapists, and nobody's, like, actually helping them do what they want to do. Okay. And then I started, you know, getting involved and being able to make, re- like, results for them. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> like, maybe Very I should cool. go down this. I should go down this road. And I've got this GI Bill that I'm not using really. Sure. So. So this was, hey, I'm out of the Marines. I'm coaching. You're coaching up in Springfield. As we mentioned, you were at Iron Will, I'm assuming. Yeah. So you're coaching up there, and these ideas start spinning around in your head of, what do I want to do with this? How do I want to do it? Where am I going to go with this? And that's where it started leading you down the road of, maybe I want to be a physical therapist. Yeah, because I had this um, really naive idea in my head about physical therapists, probably because I watched too much Kelly Starrett at the time. Right? And I was like, oh, physical therapists. They know everything. Sure. Right? I'm going to be able to solve so many problems. And I went to school, and I was like, this is nothing like I thought this was going to be. <laughs> Kelly started lying to me. <laughs> and uh, Kelly's a super smart dude. I he mean, is. he probably does know most of the stuff. But the hard part is when you're putting to the education system of that and you're comparing what he's preaching versus what the education side of it's preaching – Probably much much different. Oh, it's it's very different, and that's where the it's the it's his unique skill set is like where my unique skill set is, of that blend of coaching and being able to take what they teach you in PT school, which is nothing athletic. Like sure, they don't teach you how to squat or deadlift or move. Right? It's like there's a lot of people that can dry needle a muscle and crack it back, but yep. not too many people that can look and assess and actually fix your movements, which is crazy to me because that's what I thought I was going to be doing. Sure. I was going to be high-level stuff, but it's like, nope, how do you work with a spinal cord injury and how do you work with a, how do you work with the geriatric and a little bit of orthopedics and how do you work with kids? And sure. I'm like, so I got out of school and uh, I got my doctorate and it was great because I was able to take that and I had a whole testing pool. I had the whole gym that I could just test yeah. right? as I'm going around. I had people that I was like treating on the side and I was just uh, like had a little lab. Anytime I was teaching a class, I was like, Hey guys, we're going to try this thing. We're sure. going to see how we can apply this to this. And I got a whole, a big sample size of people that I could always test these concepts cool. and ideas out on, um, which was, which was really cool. But when I got out of school, um, I still felt like I don't really know how to help anybody. Okay. Right. Like on a grand scheme of things, like I'm, I'm not confident in my skill set. I was like, I might, 
I might know how to not hurt somebody, but I wasn't even confident in, in Which that. It's pretty crazy to come out of school with a PhD. It's not like you're coming out with a bachelor's degree or a master's degree, but you're coming out with a terminal degree. Like, right? This is yeah. this is as far as your formal education can go in this subject matter. And you're still walking out of it being like, I'm not really sure I know everything about this yet. Yeah. Which is a great mindset to have because it shows you have an open mindset and you're still willing to take in a bunch more information, but it's also still somewhat shocking to be like, how can you be that educated and not? Yeah. But I guess it speaks to what you're saying in terms of they're not breaking down movement patterns of, for athletes and what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, it, yeah, it's just crazy. And there's people that come out of school and like, I'm a doctor. I, I, I don't need any help. I was, you're stupid, right? Like <laughs> anybody that comes out and they're like, I don't need mentorship. They uh, don't. Yeah. They don't know what they're talking about. That's tough. So, the Dunning-Kruger effect, right? Sure. Absolutely. So coming from there, you, you get out of school, and you're, you're in your lab, and you're playing, and you're experimenting, and you're trying to figure out what your style is. What led you to the fellowships that you found? Yeah, uh, because uh, you know I was always a big fan of, when I was coaching, like mentorship. I've cool. always been a big fan of mentorship, right? Okay. Like, uh, any kind of specialty shirt that I could go to, any time that somebody was like an expert in the field and I could pay them for their f- time to teach me mm-hmm. uh, or like at least go to a, a seminar with them where I could hear the way that they think. And if I had the opportunity to raise my hand and answer questions and tell them the way that I was thinking about things, I wanted to know, sure. like, am I thinking about this the right way? If I'm not, like, where's the breakdown and, and how do I learn from what you've already figured out instead of gotcha. trying to figure this all out myself? So it was the same thing. I had uh, actually positioned myself all throughout school uh, to work at a place that had a really great educational platform, right? Okay. So they uh, actually, I, I set it up where I was a, I was kind of a nerd. I went and hung out in the clinic every single Friday. Good for uh, you. For my whole first year. Then I got a job as a, as a PT tech there. Let's just clarify what a PT tech is. Uh, a PT tech, an exercise technician, a rehab technician is just uh, some random kid in college with literally no formal education that's treating patients for the therapist because really? they're too busy to actually pay attention. I didn't know that. Yeah. Good explanation of what that is. Yeah. So it's like I set people up for exercises, but really they would come in. They would think that like I was their therapist because oh. – they wouldn't see anybody else. Gotcha. So their plan was driven from somebody else, and you were executing the plan for them, or did you come up with the plan as well? Technically, the plan was like okay. driven. Legally, by the plan was driven by the physical <laughs> therapist. Yes. Gotcha. But in actuality, it was like it was up to us. Roger, right? what are we doing today? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> oh, let's figure it out. Like, maybe I'll ask a question every once in a while, but it was like really. Like, oh, yeah, I'll just progress things and change things like as I want to, and I'm sure. going to let the therapist know what I did. That's not legal at all, in case you're wondering. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's what most physical therapy is is like. Okay. Um, so I had to set it up for me to work at this place. I got in, and uh, I, I started work with them like in October, and then I started in January. So I had a very short amount of time with no mentoring, gotcha. which is awful. Like my first eval <laughs> – I wish this wasn't true. I like literally walked through it by going in and out of the exam room and asking my boss, like, what do I look at? So what's next? Uh, Yeah. I was like, I have a shoulder eval. What do I look at? They're like, oh, look at X, Y, and Z. So I was like, okay. I was like, hey, Rome, uh, nice to meet you. I'm Dr. Roger. Let's go through this stuff. Okay, uh, hold on one second. Hey, Tina, um, I looked at this. What do I do next? Okay. Sure. And I like, was like <laughs> in and out, and I walked myself through it that way, which is really – But you really already – and, and the crazy part is you had a PhD at this point, yeah. right? You are a doctor of physical therapy. And it's still mind-blowing to me that you could be a doctor but still not be provided enough information to go out and really practice your craft. Oh, yeah. Which is more credit to you to be able to go and be like, I need more 
guidance. That's what it is. I'm not afraid to say I don't know. If I don't know anything, that's the problem with healthcare in okay. general, specifically my field, is when people don't know, they don't tell you they don't know. Gotcha. They just make shit up, and they know a little bit more than you. Yep. So it sounds like they know what they're talking about, and you believe them, but actually it's just a bunch of made-up bullshit that doesn't help you out when they could have just said, I don't know. And then you sure. have these poor beliefs about like what's actually going on, and you liked and trusted this person, and really they just weren't humble enough to be like, I'm not sure. I yeah. Don't, I, don't really I threw some bullshit at you, and hopefully <laughs> some of it stuck, and now you believe me and think I'm really great. great. Yeah. So, so I actually set it up for me to, to go to this program, and I had to – uh, go out to Woburn twice a year for uh, you know additional like ten hours a week. Um, it was actually two years because there's okay. a level one residency, level two fellowship in addition to working you know fifty sixty hours a week in Springfield, not including like the travel time. So it was a grind. Yeah, I mean fifty sixty hours a week travel time, hour there, hour back, two hours there, two hours back, yeah. whatever it might be, and then as you said, ten hours a week. Yeah, that's over a full work day. That would be at least one eight hour day plus some other stuff. Like that's that's yeah. a hefty load. And then, uh, then I overlapped another fellowship with Boston University on top wow. of that, where that was lots of, they called it Grand Round and Journal Club because they can't come up with cooler names. <laughs> where you like, it's lots of like Zoomed call type stuff. And then uh, I would have a mentor that came out once, uh, once a week for a few hours, for four hours or so. Um, and then I would go out there one weekend a month for the full weekend okay. for, for an additional year, like sprinkled on top of that. So it was like layered. Where I started the Boston University Fellowship halfway through the first residency, and I finished it when I was halfway through the other fellowship. Gotcha. And what made or these fellowships so. different? What yeah. separated these guys from the field? Like the people that you were studying under, the people that you were learning from and absorbing all of this knowledge, what made them stand out to you as someone that you wanted to learn from? Oh, uh, because it's not American. Okay. And there's a lot of problems with American healthcare, right? So this guy, uh, Martin, that I learned from, he's from Norway, right? Cool. And he actually, the like the treatment methodology, uh, examination and treatment methodology that I was trained in formally, and and I want to make a like a uh, a point here. Somebody says like I'm a Mulligan therapist or I'm a McKenzie therapist. They're missing the point, right? Okay. They're saying I only use this one school of thought. And I'm unwilling to think outside of the box. So the style that I was traditionally trained in is a, is like uh, it's a European okay. thought process that most people don't get into because it takes a lot of time and effort to like get it down. Like even some of the like a lot of the other like schools of like thought have been said. They said, oh, the, you know what? The Norwegians have the best methodology. It's just too hard to learn. Well, it's not really? hard once you learn it. It's okay. just the act of learning it. So, so it, because it's very in depth. So okay. I went out there because, uh, this guy has been teaching for a long time. He spent two decades working directly with the people that developed and studied all of like the things that they were teaching. So he worked directly oh. alongside of them cool. in, uh, in Europe for, for a long time. Um, and then he came back and all of like the advanced fellowship instructors and all of like the Boston University staff, like they were all trained by him. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So, so what is there when some, as you said, the specific schools of thought, I am a mulligan, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Is there a, a title that goes along with this Norwegian yeah. type of practice? <laughs> yeah. So the, the schools of thought are just the people's names that okay. like, made them popular, right? Gotcha. So Mulligan is a person. Mackenzie is a person. Gotcha. So uh, the school of thought that I'm trained on is, um, wow, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank, a blank right now. It's sure. uh, 
Jesus, you're going to have to cut this no, out. No, no, yeah, we can cut this part out. But so I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to layer it back. Um, so the question that I would ask is, with you said the other schools of thought, the McKenzie or the Mulligan, really only adhere to that one school of thought. Yeah. Is yours more multi-directional, where it's through this Norwegian school of thought, but it has it takes in it incorporates more than just one method. Yeah, so that's that's really what it's all about, right? So I was like trained in the Calton Born and Evienth methodology. I don't wonder why you couldn't remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Freddie Calenborn and Olaf Evienth. I don't know why I had like such a hard time. It was like when you're put on the spot and you try to think something, you're like, oh, what is it? Absolutely. Freddie Calenborn and Olaf Evienth. Cool. Um, so the methodology that I was formally trained in is that, right? So that's heavily basis there. But when I find something that fits into these different schools of thought, like I use those schools of thought as well. I'm not Absolutely. like, hey, you know what? Like, uh, uh, well, we just do prone press-ups for low back pain. That's all I do. If it doesn't work, I don't know what else to do. That's not my go-to. Mm-hmm. I take a big picture view and I see, you know, what specifically, like, are you sensitive to and what can I do that is specific towards your injury? Cool. A lot of these schools are thought it's more generalized, okay. right? It's not broken down into very specific categories. So, like, low back pain, for instance, right? A lot of people, they just classify it as, like, flexion or extension sensitivity, and they treat it as such. Sure. Or they'll say, hey, you're just load sensitive, and, you like, they'll treat it or they'll treat it as such. Or, like, hey, you're a, a movement coordination impairment. They used to call it instability, but it sounds too scary. So now they, they change the name. So the way that we look at things is we say, big picture, like, what are your – we call them mechanical stressors. Like, okay. what are you – what mechanically stresses your spine or whatever tissues in a way that you're sensitive to right now, right? Is it, is it the loading? Is it the percentage of your body weight on your spine that is in different positions? Like right now, sitting the way you are, that's like 185% of your body weight on your spine. Ooh. And people be like, oh, sitting's bad for you. Nope, it's the load sensitivity. How I'm sitting and yeah, yeah. absolutely what you're doing. And then there's like, are you sensitive to having your nerve stretch? Are you neural tension sensitive? Are you position sensitive? Um, and then, like, are you sensitive to static postures as well? Gotcha. And, like, we have to we take a look at that and say, how much of each one of these are you, and how do we address them all instead of just one? Very cool. And then it's not just giving you exercises; it's giving you the education, right, for you to fix yourself. Like, I yeah. tell everybody that comes in, like, I'm not going to fix you. I'm going to give you the tools to fix yourself. I'm going to be there to to guide you along. Yeah, I mean, I can only speak from a quick uh, experience that I had with you coming up for one session, but since I've been coming up, I've been doing my neck stuff and stuff like that, and things have gotten better, and my shoulder does feel better. So the help that Roger gave me with my neck has then fixed most of the pain that I was experiencing through my shoulder because you gave me tools that I could walk away from and be like, all right, here are the three things that I'm going to be doing. Yeah. Let's go do them. And that was one time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Where I can be like, okay, let's, oh, this is getting sore again. This is the stretch I need to do. How am I going to do? Like that kind of thing. And obviously yeah. I should come up more times to make sure that I'm <laughs> doing the right things. But just getting me to do the exercises at home is a big step for me because I'm typically not great with that stuff. Where I'm like, I know I need to do it. I'm going to go squat again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is day one of Squattober. So, um no, that's awesome, man. I, I really appreciate the fact that you can pull from all of these different schools and try to find the solution that best fits your client. Um, I think that we take a very similar methodology in that of, yes, I run a strength and conditioning facility. I use tools from all different schools of thought. Um, it's like when, when I went on to Roger's podcast, towards the end of it, he, we kind of did a flash round of questions and, uh, or a speed round of questions, and he asked me, how do I squat? Do I squat high bar, low bar? What, what's it look like? And my response was... Well, it depends on what I'm training for. I love it. Um, because 
there, there's no right or wrong answer. It's what adaptations are you looking to drive? Or in your case, what issues are you looking to fix? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to drive physiological adaptations for people to get stronger in different movement patterns and different for different activities, if it's an activity of life or if it's football or if it's a wrestler or whatever it might be. Whereas you're looking at the whole picture of a body and being like, I need you to get back to being able what you want to do. So let's figure out what's wrong. And I'm going to use whatever tools are in my tool belt to fix it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then being able to take that because that's still that still isn't like that's not everything, right? Sure. Like I learned a lot from there, and then it's like, how do I take that and take what I've learned? Because it was a lot of manual therapy and like the things that we were doing, like teasing out which bone in your neck, which joint specifically isn't moving, and like how do I stretch that, and how do I do this, how do I identify that, and then how do I how do I modify that to give you the tools to be able to do that yourself, right? Sure. And then how do I blend that with the coaching background to be able to keep you as active as we possibly can in the gym in a way that's not going to hurt you? And then also be able to look at your movement patterns because a lot of times people, they just get out of pain, sure. right? And then they're like, I'm good. No, you're not. Like people get stuck in a cycle where they get out of pain, then they don't fix the movement problems, and they start having these incidences again, then they get another injury. Yep. Like just and it's funny when you say on. that about me is because you gave me one cue where you're like, when you get out of bed, don't just sit up and lead with your head to the front. Like, roll. <laughs> and I, like, now every time I sit, I'm like, oh, God damn it, I did it again. Like, yeah. And I'm very aware of that because it's one of those easy default patterns that I can default back into. Which yeah. is just going to further my neck thing. That's like that's something simple. I was like just getting out of bed. That is like you, you don't think it's too bed. big of a deal. <laughs> you don't think it's too big of a deal. But just one of those things like swiping the credit card. Just mm-hmm. this fills the bucket. Just like is one of those things that leads to you then having pain. Because typically it's not one big thing. Like oh, I picked up a pen or a pillow and blew my back. Yeah, that's no, not what caused it. No, that's like your bucket was full and that was the last little drop that caused it to overflow. Absolutely. You know? So going through that, you're, you're doing your fellowships, you wrap your fellowships up. Where does that put you in life? You're still working at Springfield at the PT clinic yeah. or whatever whatever it was. The, the business that yeah. you're working at at Springfield, you're still working there. What's next for you? Yeah, so that, during that whole process, they got bought out and uh, things became a lot more corporate, which is very typical in the PT world, which means uh, you know, I was seeing with the previous company four patients an hour. Okay. Uh, and that just still fast. It's 15 minutes per person. Yeah. But you're all there at the same time. Oh, wow. Holy yeah. shit. Huh? So like, I got to juggle. Everything. You all get an hour together. Of. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Unless, unless of course somebody over there has like worse, worse problem. Than right. You, then they're going to get more time. You see there. someone walking in more fucked up than you're like, damn it. I'm not going to get the attention I wanted today. Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, but then it was like, Hey, I went from, you know, seeing that, to, like the expectation, uh, of seeing, you know, significantly upward of 30 patients a day. I was seeing, you know, well, well over a hundred patients, maybe oh. 150 patients in like 40 hours. Like it was crazy. Wow. Yeah, so a, a 40 hours thing, that's a normal work week. So you're seeing a hundred people in that time. So you're averaging out just over in totality, half an hour per person, never, in, not including back end business, paperwork, yeah. filing, any so of that stuff. That's yeah. And that's after the cancellations, right? Oh, so wow. they okay. would book it with because it was in downtown Springfield and the population that would come there was, uh, they would do that a lot. Sure, in right. accordance with the demographic of whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah, so they uh, they would book me, you know, with the expectation that we would have a fifty percent cancel rate. Wow. So looking at the schedule, it's like, oh, I really hope fifty percent of these people cancel. And I would say, nope, can't do that. Nope, can't do that. Don't do that. Stop booking that. I would like move people, delete people, and they would just like 
outcome in the next day would be full. They'd be doing illegal wow. things maybe with, with Medicare. Like, wow, mm. but you think if you had a 50% cancellation rate and you're still seeing 100 people. That's so a, you yeah. were booked out at 200 people a week that yeah. you were expected to treat. And you're like, how in the world can I help 200 then, people this and week? And they're coming down with you need to see more patients. Wow. You're not meeting productivity. <laughs> you're like, what do you, what do you what? want me to do? Yeah, so, so um, then uh, my fiancé... Now, uh, at the time, girlfriend, she was like, uh, and some of our friends are like, you're really good at what you do. Like, you need to, like, and people like working with you, like, you need to just start your own business. I'm like, get the hell out of here. Like, you're crazy. Like, you understand how insurance works? Like, I won't be able to survive. Um, I was like, I can't do it. And then uh, I had a student that gave me uh, a book uh, that showed me a different way, the way that I do it now, cash, cash-based, where people can cool. get reimbursed uh, directly from their insurance company. Like we can take HSA and, and FSA, that kind of stuff too. Cool. But So we don't have to deal with insurance companies and we can, you know, like survive because you, you have to see multiple patients with insurance reimbursements sure. to be able to like pay the bills. Never mind like have a profitable business that like your family can enjoy because, you know, like as an entrepreneur, like you, you, you the whole goal isn't to have a business that you're there th- you know, a bajillion hours a mm-hmm. week and working 9 a.m., 4 a.m. to, to 9 p.m., 10 p.m. Like, yep. I've been there. I've done yeah, that. Yeah. And I did it for a decade. Yeah. Right. And like, that's not, the, that's not the goal. And then you have kids and then it's like, oh, things change. Yep. Right. And it's like, I need to be around for these people and I need to be able to turn a profit so I can actually take care of my family and, and employ people and yep. like, pay them well as well. And have them be able to thrive and have a living yes. and create a professional career. Working with you. Because yeah. if you have a professional career where you're getting paid professional wages, the service you're going to provide is going to be in accordance with that. Yeah. So At like, least that's my belief. Not to digress, but like, dude, you get out of PT school with six figures in student loans. And wow. like the starting salary is like 60000 But there's people yeah. that have two, dollars $300,000 in debt. Like I was paying. Oh, that's tough. When I got out of school, I was paying, um, a, uh, yeah, almost as much as my. Uh, more than my, I was paying eighteen hundred dollars a month in student loans. That's first definitely more than the, the mortgage payment that I had on my first home yeah. by a significant margin. Dude, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, well, that's with like insurance and everything included. Wow, right? Like for your for your mortgage. Yeah, I'm no, one hundred percent. My yeah. my my. I have no problem saying it. the initial mortgage I had in the house in Enfield, all in taxes, insurance, everything was twelve hundred bucks a month. Yeah, like, and that was to own a house. So now I'm doing that. I'm trying to pay rent. I'm trying to pay. For my kids, I'm divorced. I've got child support. It's sure. like I ended up living in my parents' unfinished basement with my two kids. Like that fucking sucks. You're just like I got to do what I got to do. So I'm like, you know what? If there's a time, like I'm gonna do this now. Yeah. Um, so I I woke up one morning after everybody telling me you should do it, you should do it. I'm like scared, right? Because like this is never gonna work. All the self doubt. Like this is stupid. Not this yep. is dumb. I woke up one day, and I had the most dread of going to work. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't want to work. I want to find a different profession. And then I was like, what are you saying? Like, my, your whole job, my whole job is to help people and improve their life. Like, that is literally the sole purpose of my profession yep. is to improve the quality of life of other people. And I didn't want to do it. And, and, I was, and you just did all of this work, too, to get yeah. there, right? You got your PhD. You did your fellowships. You're all in at this point. Yeah. So I was driving to work. And uh, I looked up on my phone as I was driving. Don't recommend that, guys. How to write a letter of resignation. I got to work. Really? And I uh, pulled it up on Google. I filled in like my own information on this blank template and uh, submitted my letter of resignation that way. Gave him that, that day gave him three weeks' notice. And then uh, I just had to figure it out from there. Started figuring it out. So 
It's what I call those moments, and I got this from John Wellborn, is uh, your eight-mile moment. Yeah. Where it's your eight-mile yeah. moment where you make that like the deciding factor where you woke up that morning, and that was your eight-mile moment of going in and being like, I'm going to create change. Yeah. This isn't acceptable. I need to change this. Yep. And uh, the, originally the mission was like, you know what? Because <clears throat> I was having athletes from all over come and see me, and then they were getting lost in the system. Sure. I couldn't give them the help that I wanted. and. I could get them out of pain, but I wouldn't be able to get to the part where we're actually changing their mechanics cool. of like the real movement patterns and the nitty gritty that really got them in pain. Like we're creating symptom change, but we still need to work on your snatch in your overhead squat, in your your back squat, in your deadlift, your hip hinge, your bracing, yeah. like all of these things that I just didn't have time to do. And then they would get hurt again because we didn't have a chance to actually make that change. And then here's the kicker: they'd get a three, four, five thousand dollar surprise bill in the mail from their insurance company. You know, hey, this is the later. services that we're not covering. Yeah. And you're like, I thought this was all covered by insurance. What do you mean? And they're coming at me, and I'm like, dude, I don't – that's not me. I you're don't like, know. Yeah, I work for the company. I am not in charge over there. Yeah. So, yeah, so then uh, then when I uh, found myself uh, unemployed. I tried to do home health care. Okay. Terrible. I saw – I did like the um, – the onboarding, like I've shadowed somebody for a little bit, and then I treated one patient on my own. Okay. So I was like, oh, I'll have this as like a, as a PRN, like as an ad needed, as needed position, just have some income. I sure. treated one patient on my own, drove right back to the office and quit on the spot. Really? I was like, all right, this I is can't not do for this. me. I cannot do this. This is miserable. Uh, so then I was like, all right, sink or swim. What's next? Yeah. And, yeah. And then, um, you know, I, I started uh, renting space from a, from a CrossFit gym. I was actually in their lobby area to okay. start. Didn't even have a private. Uh, so is it was there is their lobby similar to the lobby that we have out front? Most of my listeners have, have been to the gym at some point. Is it similar to the lobby that I have here, or is it a little bit different? No, it's very public. Okay, like you come in, you walk through there. There's like kids running. So you're you're cranking on people, or working with people, or having these intimate conversations about what part of life are you missing out on right now that you need to get back to? In, and you got a kid kicking a ball by you as they dudes, run by, and you're like, yeah. I'm, I'm really sorry that they're not listening. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. So like, I was like, all right. Very quickly, I was like, something's got to change. And I thought we were going to be able to, like, build a, an office there, but it wasn't going the way that maybe I, w- I was hoping it was. So mm-hmm. um, I moved over somewhere else, started renting uh, a room from a different gym because that's a, just such a great way to go go about it, right? Like, yeah. overhead's low. Don't have to buy all this equipment. Get to I have everything that I need. Every tool that you would ever need. Sure. I, I mean, the, the room that uh, Roger and I are sitting in right now was our physical therapist's room at one point. That's exactly yeah. what this room served as. Yeah, and this is like this is like the size of the maybe a little bit smaller, but this is about the size of the room that I had, right? Sure. And we would just they would come in here, we'd go out in the gym as needed, and like take care of everything out there. Yeah, which is which was a great way to start. And then um, you know we got really comfortable there. Sure. And uh, you know I needed to hire, and I just didn't have room to bring on somebody, so I hired a remote like admin, and we were growing. And then uh, then COVID happened, the gym uh, shut down. I was left with a very short amount of time. To find a, a new facility. To like, try to pivot real quick because, again, it's not just COVID shut down, but it, you're, the gym that you were working at completely shut down. Yeah. So it's not like, hey, we got to wear masks for a while or we got to close our doors for a month or something. like. It was, dude, we're never opening yeah. again, and the space that you're currently in isn't available. Dude, I, I was like, hey, I heard that you're, you guys are going to be shutting down and filing bankruptcy, and they're like, nope. And then uh, the next day, which was a, a – Friday, I was like, hey, I heard you guys are going to be shutting down and filing bankruptcy again. They're like, nope. And then I got a Facebook message later on, like, yeah, actually, we're going to do that. I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Like, how much time do we have? Like, oh, like, we got the place till August. Like, don't worry about it. I came in that Monday. This was Friday. I came in that Monday. Gym was half empty. Really? I was like, hey, man, still like good for August? He's like, yeah, actually, we're going to be out on Thursday. Wow. And then the actual, wow. landlord, actual landlord came in and was like, 
who the hell are you? Because I was still in there. And I was yeah, like, I'm uh, subletting this room. And he was like, uh, they're not allowed to sublease. Oh, jeez. Like, huh? uh, so I had to like. I didn't a, know that. Have a tough conversation there. <laughs> yeah, but, but it was good. And, you know, the whole time, like, uh, we've been like doing seminars. Like we were talking about like yep. for, for lots of uh, different gyms and just taking the things that people are literally paying us to teach them and just putting it out in the community cool. really for free uh, because that's what it's all about. It's about like helping the, like the athletes and we would much rather help people that aren't in pain, right? Sure. Like stay healthy and not get in pain and, and improve not their get pr- to the point where they feel like they have to come to you because yeah. my leg, my right leg just doesn't work anymore. And dude, you got to get this thing to turn back on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like for, for sure. So we, um, that's really what we did to like, like really build a business and put our name out there and, and just provide seminars to people and teach them, you know, kind of like what we're going to do here, like come in and, and how to take care of themselves. So like they're really just based on the top things that we see that are issues that cause people pain or okay. aches that they can easily be dealt with. But a lot of times it's, they're just little incidences, right? Until yep. it has gone on long enough to turn into a big injury. So and I'm assuming to what you're talking about, hey, that movement pattern that you're showing me there, you have some hip shift where, yeah, you can get away with it for this rep and the next rep and maybe a week or two weeks, but all of a sudden this part of your knee starts to hurt or this part of your back starts to hurt. Yeah. And before you get there, let's start correcting these mechanics. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So with the seminars, you know, we, we keep it to an hour because that's, well, it's easy. People yep. can take an hour out of their day. It fits in between classes or whatever. Yeah, you, you can know? remember most things that you learn for an hour. It's when yeah. you go to those. I mean, as you were talking about earlier, you should hop into every seminar. I did the same thing, right? I, every seminar that had the word CrossFit attached to it, I, <laughs> I attended. You, you've got, you definitely got more of those dude, than I do. <laughs> I took every single one that you could ever find, and I was like, these are the coolest things ever. But as, to your point, after a certain point, you're drinking out of a fire hose, and you're like, I don't know what I retained from yeah. this weekend. Whereas an hour, you can get some really direct advice. This is what we're going to fix. This is how we're going to fix it. This is what you're going to work on and walk away with some actionable steps. Yeah. And even then we find that people, uh, they're forgetful of the details. So we actually solve that problem by everybody that you have to sign in when you come. Yeah. It's a, we have a waiver that, you know, obviously it protects us and the, the hosting gym Perfect uh, from any liability. It's not that anybody's ever had an issue, but it's like, a, those legal things you need to do, but that puts you into um, our system. So then we can send you everybody that attends an email the following day that actually has videos of Perfect. everything we went over. So they have a reference yeah. point, which is just huge. Yeah. Which is huge. I mean, that's why like the people that come see us, we don't give them home exercises on a piece of paper. They're like yep. custom made videos that go onto an app on your phone that bugs you every day to do your exercises. Right? And those videos are, are great for stuff like that because you can, as you, as you said, you can go through the finer movement points of, hey, he told me to do this and that, but I'm not sure what I, like, what was this part of it? Where you go back and you watch a video and you're like, oh, it's laid out exactly what he expects me to do, how to do it, let's go execute. Yeah, which, and then also if you have questions, like the app has a direct messaging feature, right? Oh, so perfect. All of, our, all of our clients get direct access to their doc to ask questions directly That's which awesome. is which is pretty amazing um, yeah but yeah so so the seminars they're, they're all done in a in a test retest fashion so we kind of take we usually have time to get through the four kind of biggest restrictors or issues that we see okay so we come in and we'll introduce ourselves and and you know tell uh everybody who we are and a little maybe a little backstory if they don't know already and then we, we get right into it so like the squat mobility like what we're going to do is we're going to come in we're going to have everybody test their squat so you can get a baseline. Sure. We're going to talk about maybe how like the hip works a little bit and show some people like some restrictions and explain why it's important. And then we're going to have them do a mobilization for their hip okay. on one side. 
Sure. And then they're going to retest their squat. And let's see what that looks like. Let's see, what let's see the like. difference between you got two hips. So let's see what side looks better. Exactly. And then, then we'll do the other side to even it up. But we make sure that there's always the test and then the retest in between everything. So we'll get Very through cool. that way there. So people can pick out what is the the number one thing that has the biggest impact. Like all four things might make a, a big a, an sure. impact for you. But what is the most helpful? And let's get you to start there. Sure. Right? Because when you try to – I don't want you to come in and do an hour of mobility every day. Like yeah. that's dumb. That's not sustainable. I mean right? I, I, I know one person. Joe, if you're listening, it's you. Uh, <laughs> Joe, Joe Consolini, he's one of my guys in here. And Joe's been with me forever. But every day he comes in and he warms up for half an hour to 45 minutes. And like – more power to you, Joe, because I don't know anybody else that every day they train will take that time to do it. He's a unicorn. Um, he really is. Because, I mean, as I was talking about myself, just to get me to do a couple exercises to fix something that's broken <laughs> is difficult. Never mind your daily maintenance of stuff. So I really like the fact that you're like, listen, man, I, I, I don't need you to do 45 minutes to an hour of warming up every day. Let's get to the point. Yeah, well, and I, mean, I think that's adapted from our treatment style too, right? Because people don't see us multiple times a week. We see our patients like once a week maximum. So it's sure. like we've got to really talk to people and figure out, all right, how can we make this so you can actually do it? And a lot of times it comes down to, hey, you got five minutes before and after your workout? Let's make it happen then. If you Perfect. got 10 minutes before and after, golden, Even right? better. Yeah, so then and we just got to make it uh, so it's really not a barrier to people doing it. So we've gotten really good at, at figuring that out. And uh, if you can, if you have to take two or three minutes to do one thing, you're more likely to do it than if you spend ten or fifteen minutes. Like just period, you're there. Just you know what? This is something you can even work in yep. if you're doing a strength cycle and you're doing your squat sets. Work this in in between your sets of squats, and it's not even adding better. any time. Even on. better apps rather than yeah. sitting there on your phone scrolling through whatever, which I am guilty of. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I lifted today, and it was one of those things because I didn't have any set appointments coming up. It took forever. Because I didn't have yeah. it set down. Like, if you have something coming up, you're like, hey, I got to get done with this. Let's go. Let's move. Let's move. But yeah. I was very guilty of it. Did a set of squats. I sat down. I scrolled through my phone a little bit. Put yeah. my phone down. Do another set of squats. And you're like, come on, man. But if you have something practical to do, where you're like, hey, rather than getting on your phone, why don't you do this hip exercise? And your squats are going to go better. Yeah, I would say especially if it makes your squats better, right? Yes. If you can get in a better position with less effort, you can move more weight and move faster, that's golden, yes, right? So absolutely. that's that's the whole point. So it's to kind of go through. People have the four things, but we really want to get them to to narrow down to the one. And then, hey, guess what? When that one stops being so like impactful, move on to the next. Yeah, you know. And those four things should give people plenty of stuff to work with, plenty of traction to start fixing what they got going on. And as you said, if it's not, they have direct access through you through that app to start talking. Hey. Or one of your coaches. Yeah. So our, our clients have that access. Yes. You have to have like an uh, you have to have an account with us. Okay. But you can always reach out to us on Instagram yeah. or anything like that and as they can, well. They can always come up and see you after that yeah, too, and be like, "Hey, sure. can we make an appointment? What's going on?" Um, and that's the, the your your story that we got to. We got right to the end of the last gym that closed. But where are you guys currently? Oh yeah. So we're in uh, we're right on Riverdale Street in okay. West Springfield. Um, we got a nice little storefront. Uh, thank you, COVID, for the negotiating power for that location. Right. This is an empty space. Yeah. What do you want to do with it? Yeah, so there's um there was a the elegant lighting store in Chapin Baby used to be in this building. Then they okay. they combined their businesses and bought the building across the, the road. So we're in actually the old Chapin Baby store by the um, by the BMW. So it's a cool. 16, 1680 
Riverdale Street in West Springfield. Perfect. And I was up there the other day, guys. It's really easy to find. I mean, everything's easy to find now with GPS, but it was still, I mean, you get right off the highway and it's right there. It's not, it's not hard to find. It's like literally right off the highway. That's why we, we, I went with that space instead of somewhere that was maybe cheaper. I was like, this is so convenient. Like no matter where you're coming from, get off the highway. It's right there. Yeah. I mean, and unfortunately in the world of small businesses, convenience is very important and visibility is very important. I can't tell you. So, in the town of Enfield, I'm not allowed to have a big sign out front. Yeah. The way zoning works, I can have whatever can fit on my window is what I can have. Yeah. Um, and we're allowed, as a building complex, we're allowed to have one big sign. My landlord, and Dennis is the nicest, best dude in the world, he put a big seven out front. So that's our sign that we get. So for all the different businesses, we don't get little billboards. I can't tell you how many people drive by here and be like, I never knew you existed. When did you move in? Like, you know, like 12 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've only been here for a little while. I've don't been worry. here so many times, and I'm still like, all right, it's in. Like, now I know the building, but before, yep. like, when I used to come like to the Misfit Toys competition all the time, I'm like, all right, where is it? Yeah. Well, that gives it away when there's a lot of cars, but it's still like, all yeah. right, I've driven past it sure. definitely before. And it's tough. I, I, visibility is a big thing. Uh, and I'm, I'm in the hunt to try to purchase a facility for myself and nice. move into that space of. I did the math out, and over the last 12 years, I've given my landlord uh, just about three-quarters of a million dollars um, where it's time for me to start collecting that myself and yeah. start keeping my money because that's a lot of rent to give away. Dude, for sure. <laughs> for sure. People don't think of that too, right? Uh, when they when they get a gym membership or or they go uh, to somebody that has a specialized skill set, and they're like, what, how much? It's like, well, one, you're not paying me for the time that you're with me. You're paying me for the years that it took me to acquire this knowledge and skill set. Yes. But then also, like, do you see all the equipment that's in here? Like, that shit's not cheap. Yep, the lights are on, yeah. the facility that we have, the equipment. I mean, there's a lot of things, as, as you know, being oh, a business yeah. owner, that goes into what our price points have to be to make all of the wheels go round and round and round. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, very cool, man. I really appreciate you coming down, Roger. Anything else that you want to share with any of our guests? Um, yeah, I mean, I just would recommend that you guys, if you're looking out uh, for to get rehab somewhere, just make sure that you do your, your research, right? Make sure that the person that you're going to actually understands what it is that you're doing. Because uh, I honestly think that 85 to 90 percent of physical therapy is uh, completely useless, if not harmful. Wow. Um, because, yeah, the people just they talk out of their butt a lot, right? Like, as you said, if, if someone is not willing to admit they do not know the answer, they're going to give you somewhat of a BS answer that satisfies your curiosity because you don't know. And to your point, that's not going to help anybody. Yeah. And most physical therapists don't work with people that have actual goals sure. or are athletic, right? Sure. It's like just people that. They yeah. don't really value movement too much. And I mean, I know I know plenty of people that get a operation or a procedure and they go to physical therapy because that's what they were told to do. And then at the end of it, or not even at the end of it, they decide that they've had enough of it. And yeah. that's that. And that's their last activity for an indefinite period of time. Physical therapy is not a modality. It's a profession. Okay. Right? So people go to physical therapy and it sucks, and they say, I'm never going to physical therapy again. I've tried physical therapy. Sure. Right? It's, it, in the industry, that's what happens. If you go to uh, Olive Garden on Boston Road, I don't, that's, they're not even open anymore. I don't pick that. Whatever. I know exactly but, what you're talking about because yeah. I went to Springfield College, and I used to go to Olive Garden on Boston yeah. Road all the time. So if you go to Olive Garden on Boston Road and you have a shitty time, it's terrible, you don't say, Olive Garden sucks. I'm never going back. 
you don't say restaurants suck. I'm never going out to eat again. You say that location sucks. Yeah. I'm never going back to that one. This Olive Garden on Boston Road sucks. That yeah, that should apply to physical therapy as well. But people lump it in. I tried physical therapy, it didn't work. I'm never doing that again. Dude, I love that analogy because it holds very true for micro gyms as well. Yeah, I went to a micro gym. I went to a trainer. I had a horrible experience. Well, that that dude's not me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy's not me. That what they did isn't necessarily what I'm going to do with you. And it's I, I think that's really unique, a uh, really interesting point about physical therapy. To what you're saying of physical therapy is not a modality. I like that. I really like that a lot because as, as we talked about, there's a bunch of different schools of thought and modalities within physical therapy. And which one are you experiencing? And is your physical therapist? Um, open-minded enough to pull from all the different modalities to find the one that's going to fit you best. Yeah. Oh, uh, and if you're going somewhere, I like to call it a hum job. Okay. Hot pack, ultrasound, massage. If you're getting a hum job, they have no idea what they're doing. Please stop going. I've heard there. of a way different definition. <laughs> <laughs> way different definition. But we'll stay with that. Absolutely. We'll go with that. Um, but awesome, man. Again, thanks, Roger, for coming down, dude. I really appreciate your time. I, I appreciate you sharing your story with us. Guys, if you want to work with Roger, you want to get in and work with his coaches, he's coming down here, and he's going to work with us and do a hip and squat mobility clinic, right? Yep. Um, beyond that, if you want to work with Roger, besides that, Roger, where can they find you? Yeah, so you guys can check us out on Instagram. It's just at MoveAthleticsPT. Uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you guys can give us a, a call or even shoot us a text at uh, 413-259-0509. Um, if you guys want to email me directly, like my uh, my email is drdr.roger at moveathleticspt.com. Or you can just um, you know shoot us a DM on Instagram, whatever, whatever that is. Awesome. Guys, I, I really hope you do take Roger up on that offer. And I really can encourage you enough to... Get into the clinic that's coming down here. It's free to you guys. So you're going to get a lot of information. You're going to walk away with impactful things that you can implement today or that day because, you know, we recorded this earlier. But um, you're going to walk away with some impactful stuff that can make a difference for you. So um, listen in, guys. Show up to the seminar. Contact Roger if you want to get some more work in. And uh, we'll see you soon. And that concludes another episode of Finding Your Strength Radio. I hope you guys really enjoyed today's episode. I had a great conversation with Roger, and I know that I enjoyed it. Before we get the whole episode over and done with, though, there are some upcoming events that I want to make you guys aware of. So the hip and squat clinic that I talked about with Roger on the show, we're hosting that Saturday, October 16th at 10 a.m. It is free to all RA members and our local community. So if you are looking to improve your squat October 16th following our 9 a.m. class, following that next event, October 23rd from 5 to 8 p.m., we are doing a trunk or treat. So what that is, if you're not familiar with the trunk or treat, is behind the gym, we're going to have some cars decorated, um, and it's a trick or treat for kids. So rather than going house to house to house, kids go car to car to car, and they get to have some family in a safe and fun environment. So that is October 23rd from 5 to 8 p.m. Following that, Saturday, November 13th at 9 a.m. is Wade's Day Workout. So it, we've been working with Wade's Army for forever now. This is the 
annual workout that we do for this. The sign-up sheet for your Wade's uniform is on the board at the gym. Sign up. Get your shirt. I can't wait to get this going. From there, our, I think this is the 10th annual Misfit Toys Throwdown will be on December 4th. So keep your eyes open. Um, we're going to have a bunch of information coming out about that soon. So those are the upcoming events. As always, guys, if you want to get in the gym and meet with one of our our professional coaches, if it's with me, if it's with Yosh, if it's with April, or if it's with any of our coaches to talk about your goals and how we can best achieve them, find us at RomeoAthletics.fitness. I can't wait to see you in the gym. Let's get after it.